there is a movement sweeping across the land where fascination, understanding, transformation, and the story come to life. Read the story. Experience the Bible. Hey, thanks for joining us for our pastor's Bible study. Um, Mark and Jeremy here, Desert Foothills. Yep. We, uh, we enjoyed spending time in the Word uh, alone. I really enjoy actually these studies and the conversations that we have. It is good, yeah, even for us just to do. And I hope, uh, hope everyone out there enjoys it as well. We are embarking on a journey that is going to bring us from the very beginning of God's story all the way to the very end. And we start today with chapter one in our story Bibles, mm -hmm. which is uh, Genesis uh, one through four and like six through nine, I think. Those, yeah, yeah, those it chapters. tapers off around eight or nine, right around there, yeah. So uh, this is the very, very beginning. Actually, it's even how it, it starts, right? In the beginning. In the beginning. And uh, we'll see God's wonderful creation, how good it is. We will see... Uh, the choice that people made to reject God's vision for mm -hmm. creation and how the uh, implications uh, affected them and, and still affects the world and yeah. each and every one of us today. So a lot of content that's here, we're going to try to break it up into a couple key sections because uh, with complete honesty, you could take just chapter one of Genesis and do a study on it that lasted probably a couple of different weeks even, really breaking it down. So today we'll kind of still be just in overview. There's always a lot more detail that's there, but we'll try to at least hit some of the key elements that are mentioned both in the story and of course uh, within scripture itself that are so important for us. Right, and that is the goal again of us reading through this story Bible in a year is to yeah. get the highlights and yeah. kind of see the big picture of all the little uh, mosaics, uh, all the different little events that happen in the Bible <clears throat> in the big picture, in the grand scheme of things. So before we get started, do you have any introductory comments or should we just jump right into uh, the beginning? Yeah, in the beginning, creation. That's where the Bible starts. Um, in the beginning, God. Yeah, that's and, it. And I like the pause right there. When we talk about Genesis chapter one, um, this is a story about God, and hmm. this is God's world. We're just living in it. Uh, a lot of times, we make ourselves the the lead role of our little story, our little life story, and oh, I'm going to write my next chapter, and oh, I'm turning yeah. pages in my life, the next phase of life, and and in the grand scheme of things. Uh, God is at the center. God is the creator. Uh, first four words, right? In the beginning, God. And actually in Hebrew, it's two words. The first two words. Mm. Areth Elohim. Mm. In the beginning, God. And that sets, that sets the stage uh, for our, our perspective of life and everything that we know. So he's the main character. Uh, but he does uh, just make uh, a wonderful creation uh speaking at each each day of creation new things into existence that had never existed before uh, but then he reaches the what we call the crown jewel of his creation mm -hmm. uh, when he makes 
human beings. Yeah, that's a very special piece, I think, for all of us, especially the way that it's even just worded within mm-hmm. Scripture and talking about how when he makes uh, men and women, specifically when he makes us, uh, that this creation is seen as being very good. And, uh, you know, there's always something that's just, I don't know, there's something s- simplistic that's there, but also something so special at the same time. It's just that one word, mm-hmm. but the fact that God puts emphasis on it to really know uh, that even in this very beginning element, how intimate his love is for each of us. There's all these cool things around us, these amazing mountains, the depths of the ocean, uh, creatures that are super intense. And uh, when it comes down to people, though, he says, you know, this is this is very good. This is the part I really like here. Yeah, I think uh, in one of the videos, maybe if you've seen the life group study uh, that we're doing for chapter one, um, he talks about how much we are in awe of creation, the Grand Canyon, mm-hmm. the ocean, the stars in the yeah. sky. And uh, God said every time he created those things, those are good, those are good, those are good for sure. Uh, but then he creates man or woman, he says, that's very good. Yeah. And it's like God saying, I'd rather look at you than a sunset. Yeah. I'd rather spend time with you than, be, you know, spend time on the beach. And yeah. That, what is that? I mean... I think, you know, we talk about is human beings wanting to go see like these wonders of the world, you know, these great wonders, or as you mentioned, maybe a specific national park. And those things are amazing to be able to witness God's mm-hmm. creation. But uh, you get to see that every morning when you just look in the mirror. I think often we look at ourselves and we see blemishes or age or you name it, things that we think detract from who we are or make us less than mm-hmm. you know looking at the grand canyon what, i mean what is it how just a huge that? hole in the ground right and yeah, yeah how old is it and it's, it's crumbling apart all the time just but that's not scar. what we see yeah that's not what we see yeah it can it can just be like oh man i can't believe that's here this is something so horrible to overcome we see uh special creation in that but god wants us to see that in ourselves too i think a lot of times we're just uh, more critical about who we are and we forget about that great creation that God has made in us and the, the entire world, of course, too. Right. And think about how that can affect your your perspective on your daily life or even trials that you face to know how God feels about you, truly how he loves to be with you. Think about mm-hmm. the reason why God even created. Why did he even create all of this to start with? And it was to be with man and woman in the garden, in this perfect garden, this Mm -hmm. perfect environment, but to come down and to spend time and fellowship with us. Yeah. To have that relationship. Now, I think there's an element of that creation that gets passed on to us as human beings. Uh, If you think about it, that concept of of God wanting to create that's part of his being, that's something that I think has been passed on to us as men and women too. There's a lot of different ways that people like to create within their lives. Mm -hmm. I think for the most part, probably everyone has something they'd love to be able to make. Uh, Sometimes we think about that word creator, creative, we might just think of artwork or being able to construct something, but creation happens in a lot of different ways. You know, from the grandma that's making cookies for her grandchildren and loves to be able to take that time to bake, to somebody who's constructing uh, some type of a home or a project, to somebody who's trying to create a cure 
for something and all different elements within the human life there's all these different ways that we create too and i think that's a just a neat uh, resemblance of how god has instituted himself into each and every one of us too as we read this story yeah absolutely so god's vision of, of this was uh, to create this wonderful beautiful place with wonderful people uh, to fellowship with that was god's vision yeah. for creation yeah uh, but then he gave humans this choice to accept his vision of how life wanted, you know, was going to play out. Free will. What we wanted for our lives. Yeah. Uh, and we chose to reject that vision. Yeah, and that's always weird. You know, people ask, if God knew that people were going to uh, rebel against him or go against his way, then why would he even take the time to be able to create? And I know... Pastor Mark, I think you mentioned to me very specifically one time, I know you did, you were talking about, well, even like with our children, you know, and, and knowing that uh, when you were going to have children, did you know at some point they were going to do something wrong or that they were going to disappoint you or, you know, on and on and on. Sure, like you know that because they're not perfect, but still you chose to be able to have those children, right? Because your love for them is greater than all those things. And isn't that something that God has instilled in us too? And maybe an answer to that question, you know, God creates us out of his love and he gives us that choice of free will out of his loves. Other than that, we're just marionettes, right? If God could just control us, there's no reason for any of this. Uh, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't, nothing makes, there's, makes sense. There's no meaning. Yeah. No, yeah. And so what a gift that God has given to us. Unfortunately, a gift that, as you mentioned, we see in the story of Adam and Eve and in our own story, which is a part of that, that we choose other things. We don't choose God's directive. We choose our own. Uh, that selfishness is really, really alive in, in all people. Right. And so we call it the fall in, in, in Genesis. We talk about creation, then comes the fall, where Adam and Eve sinned against God. And the ramifications of that were... Uh, total mm -hmm. um, where God is holy right holy 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 like the holy of most holy uh, can't exist we, we couldn't exist I should say right in the presence of God in a sinful no. condition just incinerated uh, and so we can't walk with him in the garden and in the cool of the day yeah as nice as that sounds in Arizona, yeah. especially, right? Uh, no, it, it definitely sets a <clears throat> picturesque element that's there. Um, and so we lost that. Uh, humans lost that uh, intimate relationship that God so desires with each and every one of us. And so, uh, well, those are consequences. Yeah, it goes down but, the line. Uh, and, and it goes on, yeah, like you said. Um, if you think about sin as being uh, at its core, uh, being selfish, uh, from the very first sin, the way we've talked about it today, you know, God presented this vision to Adam and Eve, and they said, "No, nope, we want to do it our way, <laughs> right? Make a selfish decision." Um, that's pretty much the core of all of our sins yeah. today. We choose ourselves yeah. over our neighbor. I might choose myself over my wife. Yeah. I may choose myself over God, what I know he would rather me, me do. It comes back to the selfish idea. And so we see a little bit of this in the story in the garden where uh, the very first thing that Adam and Eve do 
after they've committed a sin, after they've rejected God's plan, is cover themselves. Yeah. So the first you know, time that they lived together and enjoyed each other's company, they, were, they had no shame. They had no, no sense of, of danger. But now suddenly with this introduction of a very selfish worldview for each of them, now the other person is vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Now the other person might be thinking bad thoughts mm-hmm. about me now. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing instinctively is to protect themselves yeah, from the other sh- person. Some type of covering and shelter, yeah. yeah. A barrier. Right. To put up a barrier. They cover that. And we still fight that today, right? We fight that, that uh, true, authentic, you know, vulnerable relationships with people. Mm-hmm. And I always talk about in premarital counseling, like hopefully in a marriage under those very special vows that you've made to God and to each other, Maybe you can try to live out that that Garden of Eden type of openness and vulnerability and sacrificial love, not having to worry about the other person judging or hurting you. Of course, there's still sin and marriages and marriages sure. that even blow up. But sure, um, maybe we can get a little sneak peek of what the garden was like um, to be open and and not uh, not be afraid of the other person. Yeah, and across so, from us. I mean, I love that point of being able to think about uh, that act of uh, genesis and creation just in all of our relationships, especially between husband and wife. Because, I mean, there's a lot of repercussions that come because of the fall. And it goes down that list of all the different things about being able to have to work the ground mm-hmm. of pain and yeah. childbirth, of going back to the the dust you know oh, yeah. all the all these things happen and adam and eve are actually uh ultimately kicked out of the garden too and uh as i thought about this before uh this this time when god kicks them out of the garden is really even uh, a punishment of love you know maybe sometimes parents say that to their children you know yeah, tough love yeah i'm only doing this because i love you you know or setting up these boundaries and different things and that really is the truth in our scripture that we look at for today. Because if God would have allowed them to live in the Garden of Eden. With the Tree of Life. With the Tree of Life. He would have allowed them to live there permanently in this life of sin. Of this life. I don't know about you. like Even in this earth now as, as I know it and not knowing that life before of, a, of perfection uh, I wouldn't want to stay here forever. This isn't the perfect life. God has given us good lives, but especially for Adam and Eve to lock them in that garden, actually pushing them out and not allowing them to partake from the tree of life, he provides you know a different answer. He provides them a different way out. So it really is a, a gift of love that God provides even after this time of the fall. You know, you could have destroyed everything. He could have said, that's, that's it. You know, I'm done with you guys. But we still see in this story, as we'll see in our next one in just a moment from now, that God is always pursuing his people, which seems so backwards. Shouldn't it be we we that are always going after God every moment, just like a a newborn puppy that will not leave him alone (laughs) for anything. We are so excited all the time. But there's this role reversal that God in his ultimate love for us 
And think about this throughout every story in this Bible. He is always going after us. Mm -hmm. Always. And that's something I think that really excites me because it shows how deep and true God's love is for us. And it gives us the acknowledgement and truth that no matter who you are or what you have done, you can't separate yourself from this love of God. He is always going to have it for you and always wants to be able to call you back. Yeah, that's such a good point. I like the way you say that, the little puppy. Well, yeah, I don't even, yeah, wake up every morning and spend the entire day just chasing after. We should, yeah. and, and but it goes back to that selfishness, right? Like yeah. we, have the, it, we think that our plan is better or there has to be something even better than God's plan. That's what gets Adam and Eve into trouble, right? They're living in a life of perfection in a place of perfection, but they still are deceived that there could be greener grass mm -hmm. than in the Garden of Eden. There could be something better if my eyes were, were more open mm -hmm. if I had this. And they keep going after that. And we do that in our lives too. Probably till the day that we die for most of us. We're constantly going after, there's gotta be something better. There's gotta be more. Right. That's a, that's a good point. I, I was thinking uh, off of that point. Um, God is pursuing us because he realizes that it's actually that we don't pursue him but more than that it's impossible for us to pursue him and mm -hmm. I think the fall uh, is so fundamental in our worldview the Christian worldview uh, call it philosophy or whatever the way we look at the world um, because of the fall because of our inherited uh, our nature our sinful nature we're not capable of overcoming this on our own hmm. um, and I think that's it really strikes a, a, a contrast between uh, this progressive philosophy this progressive worldview that humanity is always progressing we're always improving we're getting better hmm. no we're not uh, technology is improving medical science is you know, knowledge is increasing, capabilities of traveling in space is improving. Um, a lot of things are improving, but humanity is the same. Yeah. Yesterday, we're, we're, we are sinful, selfish yeah. creatures. And it. Uh, I, one of the examples I see is like public service announcements. You'll see uh, a little commercial on PBS or something about not smoking or being a good dad or, and they think that, you know, this worldview says that, well, if we just give them the right information, they'll make the right decision. Hmm. And it's more complicated than that. It's, it's a deeper problem than that. Yeah. And it's something that only God can overcome for us. Uh, when David says in Psalm 51, five, uh, surely I was sinful at birth, right? Even at the moment I was conceived. Yeah. I, I already had this sinful nature yeah. uh, that I'm incapable of, of thinking beyond myself, of acting benevolently beyond selfish, uh, you know, instincts. And that it takes an act of God to save us. Hmm. Ephesians 2.1, Paul writes, you were dead in your sins. You're dead. You, you, you don't reach out for help. You don't say, God save, you're dead. Dead yeah. men don't do anything. They just lay there. 
or like Ezekiel, the Valley of Dry Bones. Yeah, the yeah. Spear of God comes down and breathes life into these bones, and they get sinew and muscle and skin and organs. They, they come to life all by the power of God. And this is again, I just go back philosophically. Um, our worldview is so clear about our depraved condition and our desperate need for God. It literally takes an act of God to to regenerate our our heart to 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 regenerate our soul, uh, to have faith, that gift of faith that we get from God, uh, to have this, at least desire, mm -hmm. to, to pursue what God wants for us. Because without God intervening, we're just, it's hopeless. It's completely lost. Yeah, and some of you out there may be listening to what Pastor Mark is saying and thinking, yep, yep, <laughs> yep, look at our, look at our world. Look at our society, so bad, like uh, people think it's gotten better, it's, it's only gotten worse. Uh, my challenge is we keep walking through the beginning of this book to see where it goes next. Because the next major element that we come face to face with here is the story of Noah and his family, or better yet known as the story of the flood. Mm -hmm. And I gotta admit, uh, even, again this week reading through this uh piece in the story uh there's one element that stood out to me that is just it's super sad uh i don't know how else to be able to uh describe it you know uh, most of us know the story of noah and his family uh well we all just read chapter one yeah <laughs> so it's fresh they're, all, they're all on top of it they got it so if you did read it it's on it's on page eight here uh in the story bible and in in on page eight uh the piece that reads uh god regretted that he had made human beings and his heart was deeply troubled uh that piece makes my heart break uh, right now in the preschool we're going over different emotions in chapel with the kids to try to link them together with different stories and if there was an emotion i saw today in god's heart it would just be sad right mm -hmm. that god seems so sad that his heart is deeply troubled and then he even has this regret it mentions for being able to create human beings that's how bad off the world is at this point in history and this has all come from people turning their backs upon god and this uh selfish directive being passed from generation to generation and growing more and more and more in their hearts until most of the world completely has turned their their backs on on god yeah and, and another lesson in in the flood event is again back to that whole point of, of how capable are we yes. of chasing God. So God says, okay, we're gonna take the very best person on earth, wipe the rest of them out. We're gonna take the best <laughs> of the best and see if that will give us a better result, right? We start with the very best of, that man has to offer. Maybe the end product will be better this time. Yeah. And so Noah, his family survive the flood or protected by the flood yeah. the flood and start over and nope same result yeah that, that same exact sin result. that selfish nature overrides you know uh, best intentions yeah best desires yeah and we just humans cannot 
to do it on our own. And that's probably one of the key themes, both in the beginning of the story here, but also, again, interwoven throughout all of these pages, the fact that we can't, that we always have this need for a savior. And maybe that's one of the coolest verses throughout all of this is in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, in which God promises to be able to send and provide a solution to be able to solve this problem of sin that seems completely unsolvable. And it's one that, as Pastor Mark mentioned, we can't do anything about, but God can. And he immediately interjects and he sets up this plan, both for Adam and Eve, for Cain and Abel, uh, for Noah and his family, actually for all people, for us today, uh, being able to send his son. And we know the story of where it goes from here, uh, fast forwarding, that he really does uh, take care of that. He's always true to his word and asks us to be able to be a part of this relationship with him. And of course, he sends Jesus again in another pursuit of mm -hmm. you and I to be able to give all things uh, even though we're the ones that should be giving. Yeah, God's promise, the rainbow, right? Yeah. Um, uh, specifically, you know, the time he's not going to flood the world. He's not going to destroy the whole world again like that uh, to start over. Um, but he, he's also making a promise back uh, to Genesis 3 of, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put in place a plan uh, to bring salvation, mm -hmm. bring forgiveness so that you can again uh, be without sin and be able then to exist with me god in paradise and live forever yeah from the tree of life mm -hmm. in this perfect new garden of eden so that's obviously where the story is going but uh from here on chapters two to the end is the story of god bringing that plan into action yeah and that's something I, I think that all of us need to take a heart to heart every single day. Whenever God makes a promise, he always fulfills it. You can't find a place in scripture that a promise is made that it is not fulfilled. It happens every single time. And so today for all of us, at least starting out on this journey or just being able to remember it again, uh, take that truth to heart today that God's promises are overarching, just like that rainbow that Pastor Mark mentioned, that they're they're bright uh, always. They're always good promises and that there's life in them uh, that he provides through his son for you and for me. Uh, so we hope that you like this first chapter of uh, the story. Like uh, Pastor Mark and I mentioned, there's a lot more to it. We could spend so much time. If you do ever have any questions uh, as we go through the reading and think, oh, uh, why wasn't this there? Or I just read something, don't necessarily understand it. Mm -hmm. If you can give that to us ahead of time, we would love to be able to try to address as, address as many of those uh, just questions, either in a sermon or in our Bible study, especially when we have more time to be able to break that down. So if you're reading ahead or anything like that, send Pastor Mark and I an email, and we'd love to be able to continue to uh, correspond with you in any way possible as we stay in the Word. Yeah, stay in the Word. This is really what it's about. God's Word is powerful. It created the universe. Mm -hmm. Get in His Word every day. In His Word is a good day because Jesus is the living Word. You got it. All right. Thanks for joining us. Till then, we'll see you next week.
Hey, thanks again for joining us. Remember, we have a whole bunch of content online that we would like you to be a part of and to share with your family and your friends. So make sure you click that subscribe button and like our content. Thanks.